Welcome to the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron. I'm obsessed with helping people feel more connected to themselves, the people they love, their work, and their purpose. I'm a leadership coach, speaker, self-improvement junkie, wife, mom of two teenagers, and 30-year corporate career woman turned entrepreneur. This podcast will give you the tools, insights, and real honest conversations that will help you lead your life so you can love your life. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron, and I am grateful you are here with me this week. As you might be able to tell from my voice, I'm a little under the weather, so I apologize for a sniffle here and there, but I am committed to being here with you, so that's what you get with me this week. Um, So hopefully you'll give me a little grace. But I am thrilled you are back for part two of how to set boundaries as a leader. And this is part two. This is the how. How do you set boundaries? And part one was last week. And that was all about why boundaries are so important. And we talked in that episode about the just mental health, about physical health, about burnout, around why boundaries are literally so important to every aspect of our life. And not just as a leader, but as a leader in every aspect of your life. As you know, the podcast is called Lead Your Life because when you show up as a leader at work, you're also showing up as a leader at home, as a mom, as a dad. Um, You know, you are showing up to everyone as a leader in your life. And it's as equally important that we have boundaries at work, we have boundaries at home in our relationships, um, we have boundaries with our, our kids, our family, our extended family, because when we don't, we, t- we talked all about all the causes of what happens when we don't. And to give you a little summation of last week's episode, just in case you haven't listened to it, which I highly recommend you go back and listen. You know, boundaries are expectations. And when we set expectations, we let people know what's okay and what's not okay. Boundaries become the fence between us and others. It's where I begin and you end. And What's so important about understanding that is, especially as women, we tend to give and to give and to give until our gas tanks are completely emptied out. And then what happens is we're really angry. We're really resentful. We are so upset that no one has noticed what our needs are. And this goes for men as well, but I think it's more so common with women And what I will tell you is all of the women I coach, the the groups that I coach for women, I have coached hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of women at this point. And I would say that boundaries and having difficult conversations are probably the top two things that professional women struggle with. And so much of this is because it's how we're socialized. We are socialized to be 
the pleasers. We are socialized to, quote unquote, do the right thing. We're socialized to always be there for others and to be nurturing. And that's fine. But just as we talked about in our saboteur conversations, is that is a strength of ours. And I'm sure it's why the people in your life love you and appreciate you, whether you're a leader at home or whether you're a leader at work. But the problem is, is when that strength goes into overdrive. And when that strength goes into overdrive is when we are giving at the expense of ourselves. And so, you know, a common example of not having boundaries at work is working overtime, working nights, working weekends, always feeling like we have a responsibility to answer emails from our boss, whether it's 11 p.m. at night or 4 a.m. in the morning. I have not had a situation personally where I've had this happen, but I have clients, especially working in certain industries where that is the expectation. And it's one thing for it to be an expectation, but do you live into that expectation? And if that is the expectation, then you have choices to to make. Do I want to be a part of this industry? Do I want to give myself on that level all the time? And if you can't say no, then maybe you need to think about how that fits in with your values. Because at the end of the day, how we start to set boundaries for ourselves is when we really connect with our values. If health is a value, a core value of yours, then not exercising and only maybe exercising one day a week because work is quote unquote getting in the way, you're not really living out your values. If family is important, but you're traveling 99% of the time, when you know that there could be some boundaries there, you don't have to be at all the meetings. I think the beauty of COVID has shown us that so much can be done working from home. So much can be done by not having to travel all over the country for client meetings. In fact, clients actually appreciate being able to, you know, have a meeting done virtually. It saves them time. And of course, there's always a need and a place for in-person meetings. But I think there's a lot around boundaries that have really come to the forefront because of COVID. Uh, Work-life boundaries, obviously, those got really blurred during COVID because whereas before we kind of had clear, clear-cut boundaries of this is my work time, this is my family time, that was all blurred together when, you know, moms and dads are trying to help kids study in the middle of a workday, all while you're trying to conduct a team meeting for your team and, you know, kids are coming in asking questions and needing your help. So it was a test for boundaries, for sure. I think some of my favorite moments during COVID were on CNN and some of the other newscasts when parents would be being interviewed on national television and kids are sneaking in the background and, you know, the wife is coming in to to grab the son or the daughter And I also saw situations where kids snuck in and then, you know, the parent just grabbed the kid and 
and put him on his lap and continued on the interview. It was such a, a beautiful way of really integrating work and family when, when boundaries were hard to institute. And when we talk about boundaries, I spoke about this last week, but one of the things that has become crystal clear to me is there are real external boundaries where we need to have a conversation with somebody else. And there are internal boundaries where we need to take responsibility for our own behavior and we need to have a conversation with ourselves. And here's the interesting thing. I've done this over and over in the groups that I coach. And what I have found is our external boundaries aren't as difficult as we think that they are. It's our internal boundaries. It's the internal voice that says to ourselves, we should be doing more. We should be working harder. We should be volunteering for more projects. We should be managing a bigger team. We should be at every single baseball practice or soccer practice for our kids. It's those internal boundaries that really plague us. And it's really the inner critic voice that tells us we should be doing more. I call this, we, we should all over ourselves because we have so many shoulds of what we should be doing. We should be calling our mom more. We should be making homemade dinners more often. Our house should be cleaner. All of the shoulds that we go through. And this is where we really start to wear ourselves down because our should list gets really large. So one of the foundations of boundaries is that boundaries build trust. They are an essential element of the trust that we have with other people. When we have no boundaries, it leaves other people guessing what the guardrails are in the relationships we have. Um, They don't know how we'll react or what to expect from us. The reality is that we have more trust in those who help us by articulating what the guardrails are and what the expectations are. When we have no boundaries, we also set an unspoken expectation that others cannot have boundaries with us too. So we teach others how to treat us. But the same is true when we have those internal conversations. If we don't know what our internal boundaries are, if we don't know when we're going to say yes and when we are going to say no, then we're always saying yes. Because we don't want to be the bad girl. We don't want to not say no. We always want to be helping. We always want to be serving others. And while that comes from such a good place, there are major consequences to ourselves for operating in that way. So I want to give you my first tip on how and when to set boundaries as a leader. Like I said, this is either a leader at home or a leader in the workplace. And what I will tell you is that someone shared this with me and it completely changed my life. So I'm sharing it with you, hoping that it will do the same for you. So I often was rolling into school at the last minute with my briefcase and literally my travel bags in the car, trying to make it to daycare to pick up my kids. And inevitably, someone would ask me, hey, do you want to be the president of the PTA? And I was so inclined to say yes. So one of the things that someone else shared with me 
is just take a moment before you respond. Take a pause. You know what? I really appreciate you asking me about that. Can I have a day to think about it? And I'll get back to you on that. Because we're so inclined to just say yes automatically that oftentimes we just need to give ourselves a pause before we respond. And of course, everyone's going to be accepting of, sure, go ahead, you know, take some time to think about it. And then once you have that moment to think about it, I give you this little tip. If it's a yes to you, but it's a no to me, then the answer is no. And let me show you how that comes into play. So let's just say that PTA meetings are in the morning, weekly on Thursday mornings. And that is the only day based on my work schedule that during the week that I can work out. And that's the day that I've dedicated to working out and it's on my calendar. And when I realize that if I say yes to that meeting, then it's a no to me and my health, then the answer is simply no. And we'll talk about the ways to say no, but I'm just talking about the decision process right now of when to say yes and when to say no. So let's say my goal is to get elevated at work. And one of the things that has become apparent is that I really need cross-functional experience with other divisions. And one of the projects that comes up that's an opportunity for me to participate in is a project where I will be interfacing with other cross-functional areas within the organization. I have a lot on my plate, but this is a primary goal of mine in the workplace. I think about some other projects that I can offload or delegate or that are closing soon. And when I think about this project, I think about it's a, it's a yes for me. It would be a yes to my development. And so when I'm having a conversation with my leader, I express my interest in being a part of this project team. And the reason why I'm doing that is because it's a yes to my development and it's a yes to me. And it's also a yes to the company. And so when it's a yes to you and it's a yes to me, then obviously the answer is a yes. So that is a no brainer and that's easy. And here's the other component to that trick about if it's a yes to you and it's a no to me, then it's a no. You also need to think about what your core values are. Does this align? Does this new project or opportunity align with my core values? And if it does, great. If it doesn't, then it's a no. And the only way to be really clear on that is to be really clear on your core values. And you can do that on your own. There's lots of examples. You can Google your core values. But it's also a great thing to do with a coach. And a coach can help you really get clear on what your core values are, um, as well as helping you to implement those core values and what that looks like and what that means. So we've talked about how to make decisions around what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing and the why behind that, which is really important, which really is your core values. And we're going to spend our time for the next 15 minutes or so talking about how do you communicate your boundaries? I'm sure this is why you all showed up today is you want to know how do I communicate my boundaries without being pushy or without being rude or without feeling bad about it? How do, you, how do I do that in a nice way that keeps me whole 
and enables me not to get burned out and exhausted and overspent, but also, you know, does it in a way that keeps the relationships whole. And so I'm going to give you a few tips on how to do that. So first things first, you can't expect others to adhere to your boundaries if you haven't communicated them. So part of it is communication. If you are working with a team, I highly suggest that you as leader talk about professional and personal boundaries. You have a meeting about it. You talk about standards that that are expected for answering emails. Hey, we're all going to answer emails between eight and five. If it's during COVID and you know people are working later or need some time during the day of, hey, let's at least respond to emails always within 24 hours. Whatever works for your organization, your team specifically, just be clear around setting those boundaries as a team. And hey, we're going to agree to not sending emails on the weekend. Or maybe you let them know as a leader, sometimes I catch up with email on the weekend. And most email services have the ability for you to delay send. And I highly suggest you do that. Because some people on your team might find it hard to set their own personal boundaries and might feel like they have an expectation to respond. But you can just let them know, hey, if I send an email over the weekend, it's just because I'm catching up. I don't expect you to answer until you get back into the office on Monday. So setting those boundaries, especially as a leader, you're role modeling the boundaries that you're expecting your team to have for themselves. Also with your kids, you know, setting up clear boundaries of, hey, you know, I expect you to be home on time for curfew. (laughs) This was a big one in our house when I had uh, teenagers. I'm not going to tell you which one never obeyed their curfew, but you know, those expectations were there. I had very clear expectations about that. And it's interesting because obviously I'm remarried. And so my current husband is their stepdad. And he came into the picture. And it was interesting because he had different boundaries with his girls than I did with mine. Uh, Apparently, mine were somewhat looser in some ways than he was with his girls. And It was just interesting because we would have conversations about he would say, you know, hey, with my girls, my girls don't have that expectation because they just know I have a clear line in the sand about that. Whereas I tended to be a little bit more negotiable. So if something, you know, for me, if, if something was happening, if there was prom night and the curfew needed to be extended, I was more open to that where he was a little bit more rigid about that. And so it's just interesting around boundaries, even between parents, how one parent might have different boundaries than another parent. And typically what you find, especially as they get older, I mean, they start this when they're young, is they will go to the parent that has the weaker boundaries. And that actually ends up, you know, causing a lot of problems between the parent that has stronger boundaries and can cause some dissension between the parents. So kids are pretty smart. They figure it out. Their whole goal, I, I call I call either, you can be at work or at home, but I call them boundary predators. You know, they're always pushing the boundaries. And they rely on your passivity to get what they want. And it's up to you to push back to create that understanding and that expectation that, hey, this boundary can't be crossed. And in this example, it's okay to say a hard no. No 
can be a complete sentence. I would say that it's more so used on the personal side, a hard no, than on the work side. I would highly suggest that if you do say no, you have a quick explanation of why you can't make it. But no can be a complete sentence for the personal side. So going back to my PTA example, someone sees me running up to the classroom and says, hey, Natalie, would love for you to be PTA president for next year. Would you please consider it? Hey, Janice, thank you so much. I really appreciate the offer. I can't do that right now based on my work schedule. I'm so sorry. And if you feel inclined, you could say, but please keep asking me in the future. My work travel is really busy for this next quarter or these next two quarters, but hopefully after that, things will calm down. So feel free to check in with me closer to summer. So here is another example that happens a lot at work. What happens is because you haven't set boundaries and you haven't spoken up for yourself, you continue to take on work. You are working all hours of the day, all hours of the night, and your boss has no idea. Your boss has no idea that you're working the amount of hours you are. And so your boss, not knowing that, asks you to take on one more project. And you really feel like this is your your breaking point. So this is a great opportunity for you to start to set some boundaries. So when your boss asks for this last project, hey, Joanne, can you take on this project? You say, hey, Mary, I would love to take on that project. But right now I have these three other projects that seem to be a big priority. So can you help me understand which project I should deprioritize in order to make this project a priority. So you're setting boundaries with regard to the quantity of workload that you can take on at the moment. If you're a business owner and a client is asking you to help them with an additional project or added scope to a project, your response would be, I would love to help you with that. We can't get to it right now, but we can get to it at the end of the month or at the end of two months. So you're saying yes, but it will be at a later time frame. So that can also help kind of set some boundaries with regard to your time. Another way to say no at work or set some boundaries, let's say a boss comes to you and asks you to be a part of a project. You can say, you know, I can't do it right now because of the projects I'm working on, but so-and-so might be interested in that project. Especially, you know, if you know that someone on your team has an interest in whatever project is being presented by the boss. So this next one is called the no and switch. So let's say you get invited to a party on Saturday night, but you already have two other commitments, two parties that you're going to. And as much as you would like to squeeze this party in, you're just not going to be able to. I know so many moms squeezing so many things for their kids. You're going to, you know, a school carnival on Friday night. You have three birthday parties to go to on Saturday. You don't want to disappoint, you know, anyone in the classroom. And so you go to all three. And then on Sunday, there's, you know, a community event. You're going to that or you're going out to dinner with friends. And by the end of the weekend, you're exhausted. You haven't planned any downtime for yourself or for your kids. So let's say you get that invite to that party on Sunday, but your weekend is already full. What you can say is this is the no and switch. 
You can say, I'm so sorry we can't make it to the party, but I'd love to get together with you next Tuesday for cocktails or next Tuesday for dinner, whatever it might be. So it's just a no, but then you're switching it to something else that does work with your schedule and maybe doesn't take away from family time on the weekends. This last one is kind of funny. So you can set up what I call a personal policy. And I would say that this works more personally than at work. So let's just say that someone invited me to karaoke. I do not do karaoke. And instead of having people explain to me why karaoke is great and why I should try it and why I should do it, I literally just tell people I have a personal policy that I don't do karaoke. No one is going to question me on my personal policy. It obviously seems like I put a lot of time and effort into creating this personal policy for myself, which I really didn't. It's just a hard no for me. So if any of you out there are thinking about asking me to karaoke, the answer is no. I have a personal policy that I don't do karaoke. Um, The other one is I have a personal policy that I don't go to buffets, even though I think buffets are a thing of the past. They gross me out. I don't want to participate. So I would just say I have a personal policy that I don't go to buffets. I would say don't have a long list of personal policies. You know, pick one or two that are just hard no's for you. And having a personal policy is just a nice kind of fun way to to say no without saying, no, I don't do karaoke. So you can have a personal policy against doing that. So hopefully some of these uh, tips and tricks on how to say no, how to make the decision on what to say yes to and what to say no to were really helpful for you in setting up personal boundaries for yourself. Setting up boundaries can be the thing that gives you more energy, more fulfillment, more happiness, more downtime to rejuvenate and rest and relax and get the most out of life that you want to be getting out of life because you're in alignment with your values. So don't be afraid to have personal boundaries. What I have found is people with strong personal boundaries also command respect. So I want you to think about that. If you're saying yes all the time because you want people to like you, what is the cost of that? And are you losing respect at work when you could actually be gaining respect by adhering to some pretty strong personal boundaries? So I leave that question to you. Where are you at in the personal boundary realm? And what is one thing that you could do this week to implement some either personal or professional boundaries in your life? I would love to hear your success stories in this area. So please reach out to me at natalie at corecreationcoaching.com and let me know how it goes. Until then, I look forward to seeing you next week. Take care and bye for now. Thank you so much for being here today and listening to the Lead Your Life podcast. My invitation to you is that you do one thing today to move toward a more meaningful, fulfilling life for yourself. Today, you have the opportunity to challenge your mindset or have a meaningful conversation or take one action step towards your goals. So what are you waiting for? It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next week. Until then, don't wait till tomorrow. Be your best self now.